1: Hello and welcome into the Guiltiest Charge podcast. We just wrapped up our own episode, but now we're turning things over to the fans. Now, I had asked you guys, hey, you know, what do you want to see this summer? What kind of content do you want to see? And a lot of you guys mentioned that you'd like me to bring fans onto the show. And I appreciate these trio of guys right here because they're the only group that figured out how to both get together and schedule a time. And obviously, they showed up. So I appreciate that a lot. I can't wait to dive into these topics.
2: Let's start with Nate. Nate, how are you doing, man? Not bad. I'm super excited and a little bit nervous to be here, but I'm happy happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, man.
3: Yeah, I know. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Austin, how are you doing? Doing good so far. Just got done recording another one, as I told you guys. But yeah, I'm really excited to do this. So yeah. Awesome. Thanks for being here, man. And Victor, last but not least, how are
1: you?
4: Yeah, doing good. Nice, beautiful day. And thank you again for having us on.
1: Of course. Anytime. I really appreciate you guys getting this together. You guys had to do a lot of work on the side just to... Get here, and then I gave you guys some questions. You did some background research and work, so I really appreciate that. Let's get into it. So, the first question I had for you guys today was Who's a player that we're overrating heading into the season, and why? and Austin, I'll start with you on this one. No, no, I'm not saying that we hate this player, we think this player sucks because yeah, fans no, love to overreact. Not. But who's this someone is, you think this is we're definitely overrating? not
3: like me getting to like slander this person, but <laughs> yeah. I think. The first person that comes to my mind is Nazir Adderley. I think mm, okay. that I think that I've seen a lot of things that we're putting a lot of trust in him and that kind of worries me because I feel like when you watch Nazir Adderley and you have Erwin not on the field, he mm. looks lost. Yeah. He looks kind of like he's just kind of out there like the old Patrick Beverly quote, you know, he's just running around <laughs> doing not doing much, but yeah. I feel like that's kind of like he scares me a little bit. He's mm-hmm. he's a great. I think he's great in the box, and I think he you know is a great hitter. I feel like those two are. Everyone should agree with that. But I think in coverage, he still has a lot of work to work on, and I think that um, he scares me a little bit. So I'm not, definitely not slandering him. I think he's. I think he's going to be just fine, and I think Brandon Staley being the new coach uh, mm-hmm. definitely helps with
1: that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope he takes another step forward this year. But mm-hmm. you know, Nate and Victor, you can respond to that. But also, oh, yeah. like, do you think? Adderley, like this is Adderley's last year. Do you think JT mm-hmm. Woods is the replacement or do you think Nazir Adderley is one of the few guys that gets an extra contract from Tom Telesco?
3: So with one of the things, Nazir Adderley is, uh, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, uh, Anthony Lynn's guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And JT Woods is Brandon Staley's guy. And I think that's going to be one of the things that it comes down to. Like ex- with Jerry Tillery as well. Uh, that's not Brandon Staley's guy. Uh, he didn't draft him. So I think that that's one of the things and like people coming in like JT Woods, uh, Mark Webb, and I'm not saying those players are going to replace him. Also, you have Bryce Callahan, who also, if I'm not mistaken, worked with Brandon Staley in Denver. So those are Brandon Staley's guys. Nazir Adderley was just like kind of here when it happened. And I think um, if he doesn't take the next step, him and Jerry are gone. I think one of those players is definitely gone. Oh yeah. We'll see about the uh, the safety one. Um to me, like I'm a
2: big Nasir Adelaide truther. Like I even have that written down in my notes. Like I love Nasir Adelie. <laughs> nice. um, it was one of my first years, like trying to scout and like understand the development mm-hmm. of players and all that. And it was crazy how his range and like his ball skills were so prevalent in college. And now he goes to the NFL and he's more of like a box guy, like you were saying. So mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting to see how that completely shifts. And that mm-hmm. makes you kind of change your thoughts on like how to scout players, but I think, like, probably because I'm just a big fan of his game, I think that he has all the tools to become a really good safety next to Derwin. Like, I remember when we drafted him, he's, like, the perfect safety to place next to Derwin. Like, the mm-hmm. free, rangy safety. Yeah, next absolutely. To it's, like, insane. And I hope that he has a great year this year, and we have a really good safety core with JT Woods playing as, as the third safety as mm-hmm. well because we do like to play a lot of nickel, a lot of dime. So, hopefully, with uh, Nasir Adley staying back on a cheap deal would be awesome. But we'll see um, what the future holds.
4: Yeah, I definitely feel the same thing. I feel like this year, Nasir Adderley, is definitely like a prove-it year. Like, you know, he has to, like, really ball out if he wants to stay with the Chargers again get an extension. Because, yeah, drafting JT Woods, I feel like Brandon Staley is just bringing in more competition into that safety room. And I feel like, yeah, again, if Nasir Adderley has another mediocre year, like he could be the odd man out. And JT Woods comes right in, play right next to Derwin.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they prioritize, you know – Creating turnovers on defense, and Adderley was so close to so many, but just couldn't quite get them. And I guess at the end of the day, you aren't getting that production. You might, yeah, be exactly. like
3: the uh, interception, the interception he should have had against Terry McLaurin. Yeah, uh, so that no was like what that that play just keeps playing in my head, and it's like I want obviously I want Nas to be good. I think he was great at sure. like Delaware. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was. He's one of the like really good like project players that Tom Telesco was brought in. Like mm-hmm. I think he could be great. But it's just like, this is like you said, like a prove it year. Yep, I think other absolutely. than that, he'll be just fine.
1: Okay. Uh, Nate or Victor, either of you can go. Who's a player we're overrating heading into the
2: season? All right. So I'll go. Um, to me, is JC Jackson. Um, kind of like ah, Steve. Okay. I'm like very, uh, I want to pump the brakes on him a little bit. Yeah. So I did a couple. I just want to see some stats. Like I love the idea of him coming in to get more turnovers and get Justin Herbert the ball more. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, since 2010, the interception season leader averages 4.4 less interceptions than the previous season. So, And these right. are like – I think this is about like 20 players because some there were ties and stuff. But sure. um, this is not counting for missed games in 2021 because there's obviously not the season yet. Sure. But um, J.C.'s never led the league in interceptions per se. But if, mm-hmm. as a certified ball hawk, he should be compared to the best. And yeah. um, his, his ability to get the hands on the ball, I hope – will continue, but it's just not sustainable, especially with 4.4 less per year. Mm, and then, if you want to follow other Patriots defenders like Malcolm Butler, he had a good stint with the Patriots. He uh, ma- failed to make a Pro Bowl afterwards, mm. and as well say is like a mainstay starter for the Titans. And then you want to look at another position. You can look at Trey Flowers after being traded from the Evil Empire. He struggled to stay healthy, so it's it's hard. It's it's hard to see the continuance yeah. of like ability from JC.
1: Yeah, I know Arjun talks about, you know, interceptions, turnovers really not being a stable metric. It somehow kind of has been for J.C. Jackson. But like you mentioned, now he's out of a particular system. There's just this kind of weird feeling and vibe around Patriots players when they leave. Or it's mm-hmm. kind of the opposite for the Chargers. Like when a player leaves the Chargers, they oh, do yeah. really well. The Patriots, when they leave, it's kind of like, I don't know if they can do well. So that's interesting. Uh, something I, I had noticed with college players, and I was looking at J.T. Woods, I think the 10 or 12 leading college interception leaders I think like the last two or three years of those guys, they had a combined 40 interceptions, but their first year in the NFL, it was like eight combined. Now that's, that's college to pro JC's just going from pro to pro. Um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting player to bring up for sure. Victor, what do you think about that? And then who is your most overrated player or player we're overrating?
4: Yeah. So just to bounce off Nate, I think for JC Jackson, it's definitely going to be uh, a year where we really see if he's like legit or not because Staley, um, Back when he used to run the Rams defense, he used to love leaving uh, Ramsey on an island, right? And let everybody else play make or like help uh, have the safeties come help other cornerbacks and stuff. And I'm assuming, I would think that that's what uh, Staley's plan is for JC Jackson being the best corner in the group. So, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the main focal points for JC Jackson to focus on. And then uh, one of the players I feel like we're overrating this season, uh, I've seen a couple tweets. I think uh, Trey Pipkins, like, locked him down <laughs> the right tackle spot.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
4: I've seen a lot of people, like, not hyping him up, but saying, like, oh, yeah, he's going to be the right tackle. Like, he's been developed. And, like, I don't know. That's just based off, like, two games he started last season. I mean, mm-hmm. only – like, I found the stat. Only 100 – and he played 173 offensive snaps last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't allow a sack, allowed no pressures, and only had one penalty. But, I mean, the that's a small sample size. Because the season before that in 2020 – on 571 offensive snaps, he allowed five sacks, committed four penalties, and mm. had multiple pressures allowed, as like all Charger fans know. So yeah, I'm right. just not, I'm not too like locked in on our right tackle position. I, people think I don't know. I've been seeing like oh Trey Pipkins, like I, they think he's developed. Not I'm not I'm not too sold on him yet.
3: Yeah, I've seen like a bunch of people like just get really hyped about Trey Pipkins just because he's like working out with Slater, I believe, <laughs> and just like that that. I don't know. Let, let's slow down on that one. Yeah. yeah, I I not sold on anyone at right tackle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very possible that he wins right tackle job mm-hmm. like that. I guess that's part of the hype, but I definitely do struggle with the fandom sometimes when it comes to Pipkins <laughs> because they're like, well, you know, have faith in Trey Pipkins. But to me, it's like I can have faith or I can buy anything as long as there's a reason for me to really buy into it or even just like a stat that kind of you know makes me feel better yeah. about something and Pipkins yeah he had those two starts but you know stevens talked about the film and how much he had to be helped during those games which is fine like they might have to do that this again this year too and it, maybe it works out but i don't know i'm I'm certainly worried about it i know it's not like a completely solidified position yet there's still some things they could do but yeah it, it, it's we, we are kind of overrating pipkins um yeah. but I, i'd love to be surprised
3: i have yeah, and another thing oh sorry oh my you bad my bad okay, so so you blocker <laughs> <laughs> it, you got it, you got it. Okay, so I was, back, to piggy off back of um, Trey Pipkins. I think that a lot of what we're gonna do as Isaiah Speller's is a great pass blocker, mm. Um, mm. and I think maybe what we, we could do is like what we were talking about, just helping him out. Is that uh, Isaiah Spill is gonna give him a great just like second push, mm. and I think if he's gonna face like a really good edge rusher, I mean that's that scares me anyways. Trey Pipkins <laughs> against a really good edge rusher, but yeah, like. Isaiah Spiller is a great pass ball. He was great at um, uh, Texas, A&M. Texas A&M. But, yeah, he's going to give him a great chip, and I think that that's definitely going to help. But I also wonder if we're going to trade. Like I've seen a lot of rumors for trade for a right tackle, and I don't think that's going to happen. But just like a different just different options
1: there. It's it's definitely possible. I know Maddie who does your, Maddie's minute and talks about some short segment stuff. Talk about Mikayla Beckton. I don't know if the Chargers would do that at this point, but if he's expendable, I suppose it couldn't be worse as long as the medical check out.
2: So uh, no, what I was going uh, to ask is, what's the chances of Storm Norton beating Trey Pippins out? What do you oh, my like oh, <laughs> oh my um, god! Jeez. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I mean, honest, prove? Storm Norton. I don't even want to talk him. It, it, the chances
1: of him beating out Trey Pipkins should be higher than his, his odds of not beating him out. I don't know if it's 51-49. <laughs> I don't know if it's 60-40. But I do think because he started last year, because they basically showed us that they don't trust Pipkins at all. Mm-hmm. And then so that he had like a couple of bad stretches as a jumbo tackle. Then they benched him. Yeah. So he wasn't even that anymore. I think they had like Senio Calamete out there or something. Boy, let's go. Which, you know, <laughs> I, right. So I, I do think Norton has the edge right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I almost don't even care. Like, just <laughs> keep <kick> me <laughs> in the right yeah. Just praying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What do you Another think? thing,
3: too, is I've seen people talk about um, Filer, Sailor, mm-hmm. and um, Brandon and I'm is, like, moving positions yeah. and I don't know I've seen like Filer to right tackle thing mm-hmm. and like Sailor like playing guard you Yeah, like what are you guys thoughts on that
1: I would love it sure, I, that, yeah. to, to
3: me I think you have if,
1: if Zion is your right guard then I think of Hymas and Salier you should battle it out for left guard oh, with absolutely. those guys and put Filer at right tackle but I know there's a couple you know reasons why you know Filer might not move to right tackle one of them including that he would like a pay bump if that happens
3: mm-hmm yeah, that totally reasonable though. Yeah,
2: uh, like I got twenty bucks. I mean, if it helps, I, <laughs> no, I, in, I was
3: like, ah, I just got paid, so I don't know. I'll slip five dollars. I don't know. I yeah, think yeah. that um, we need
2: like a some sort of a mainstay at the left guard position to help Slater out. Like, not that he needs help, but you know the sure the yeah. experience uh, is needed. And with Zion, it could also do the same thing you did for Slater. Uh, Father can go to right tackle and then help him out that way. So that's another mm-hmm. like it's a you know give and a take, but. With Storm Norton, I honestly think that other than the really bad games he had, he wasn't like that bad. But you know, we ended off on a like a very bitter taste in our mouth. So we're gonna continue to like belittle him in a sense. But um maybe I have a small like like peace in my heart for him because of my <laughs> hair and like when I played last <laughs> year, like all my coaches said you're kind of built like Storm Warren, but just smaller. And I was like, "That's kind of an insult, but I'll take Indiana. it." You know, <laughs> like, I'll take that's it. It's kind of you know? mean.
3: <laughs> Odd comparison. Yeah. That's a very specific comparison. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> charging, All right. so. yeah.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Then. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the next topic, and that's what's one thing you'd like to see the Chargers do more of on offense, and like, how often really did they do that before? Mm-hmm. Know, why should they do that more, and then how can they do that? Let's start with um, Victor on this one.
4: Yeah, so I was really like looking into this. I mean, obviously, I feel like we're going to be a passing offense definitely next season. But I, I really want to see more of the offense running passes out of two tight end sets. Hmm, and okay. uh, the Chargers ran this set uh, 26% of the time last season. So it was like a heavy amount, but only on 292 snaps. And I want to. I feel like I want to see more of that, especially with Gerald Everett also coming in, and then Donald Parham. You know, so he comes back healthy, which I I think he's expected to be. But um, yeah, I found some other like, crazy stats. About forty percent of those snaps were pass plays that they ran out of the two tight sets. So sixty percent were runs. So they didn't really you know pass out of that. And uh, the rate of success was actually fifty six percent. So it was over you know fifty percent. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they also um averaged seven point three yards per attempt on those pass plays out of the tight end sets. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like running passes out of two tight end sets opens up different opportunities, obviously for the run game one, but also like, I feel like you could build a deep ball through there. And then I, you know, Donald Parham and Gerald Everett just getting an opportunity to, you know, ball out. And then Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I feel like I would really like to see something like that.
1: No, that's a great call. I didn't, I didn't realize that they were so successful running out of the two tight end sets. I know Joe Lombardi wants to do that, but Jared Cook, doesn't block like he did not block so having someone like gerald Everett out there that that would be a great i would really love to see how they transition into that
2: crazy enough that was like i was looking for something for this and that was like my first thing that i popped in my head but and i know what website he's using because i remember the exact stats he's using i just like for some reason my brain shut down i was like in the middle of the night i was like you know i'm gonna find something else but i like that so much like 12 personnel sounds great we need more tight ends like we got to involve donald parham more in the offense it's like number one for me right now Get the six eight guy the ball and we're gonna be all right. But
4: Yeah, six eight runs what I think it was four or five. Yeah, him and
3: right. Anderson I thought Anderson was just fine, like too. I mean it wasn't like spectacular, but like I thought like that those like the me three main tight ends we had were fine. I think they were solid. hmm jared cook had his moments obviously where like it felt like his like controller died or like something <laughs> it was like it yeah, was just that's like, one way to it put was, it like, for sure those yeah. those moments like obviously straight us away from jared cook and i think J- just Garrett, like jared being there because of lombardi like mm. definitely was like a fit they wanted to make happen yeah but, you know i'm i have i have faith in everett he's got fumble issues but I think he'll fit our offense a little bit better.
4: Uh, Tyler, you brought up a great point that I like. Gerald Everett, you know, he could block, unlike mm-hmm. Jared Cook. I feel like that's gonna that'd be huge if they did like uh, run a little bit more out of the two tight end sets. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I hope they do. All right, Nate, who's your what's your thing? You want them to do more of? Okay,
2: so I want them to run the ball more with Herbert. I know it's a little scary. Yeah, you that's know, a good call. Taking hits is scary, but a hit can happen in the pocket. It can happen while he's throwing the ball, even handing off the ball on a read option or whatever. So to me, if as long as he's smart and we don't like keep calling Anthony Lynn style plays, we'll be all right with him running the ball. So um, he had 63 attempts for 302 yards, three touchdowns, converting 28 first downs. So that's nearly on half of his attempts he had a first down on. And at uh, 4.8 yards per attempt would be idiotic to continue the lack of usage in this regard. He's a big, powerful runner like Josh Allen, um, he actually has a better RAS score than Josh Allen and a better 40 time, which is crazy to think about. And because, like, Josh Allen's, like, in my opinion, one of the best runners in the league, if not mm-hmm. the best quarterback for that. And uh, the way to fix this would be RPOs, read option, design QB runs, things like that. He only had one fumble last year, so the, the turnover rate is not that high as well. So yeah, I feel like that if we want to move the chains, having Herbert use his legs more would be great.
1: Was the fumble the one where he threw it Ten yards downfield against Washington. That's I awesome. think so. Yeah. yeah, sweet. Love that yeah. one. Thanks,
2: Russ.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think Herbert. I think Herbert is very underrated as a runner. I think he's like. I think he's one of the better running quarterbacks. I mean, obviously, you want to talk about Lamar, Kyler, Josh. I mean, even like Mahomes. I feel like you could even throw into there. I feel like designing more RPOs is like a really good. I, I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not
4: him also being 6'6 and you know, imagine he's big, that's a big boy. Seat. Imagine being a defender, you just see a 6'6 quarterback running full speed. At you. That'd
3: be crazy. I'm good, I don't want <laughs> like that.
1: I'm good. <laughs> and he got bigger, it looks like this offseason. He looks huge, oh, uh, yeah. he looks
3: massive. He looks
1: like, like
4: I don't
3: know if you guys kid. saw that picture like him just standing next to some guy, and he looks huge. No, he looks, he looks, it looks like sure. he could play some downs for Jerry Tillery sometimes. <laughs> Maybe he should. <laughs> um, Austin, who's your, what's your, what's your Okay. schematic so change? The first thing I thought of is obviously throw the ball down the field. I feel like everyone can say that. But I feel like one thing that we did this offseason is we are trying to establish our running back too. Um, as we saw last year, even Austin Eckler was like, can I get some help? Yeah. And, Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson were not the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Jackson, I, I honestly thought was fine. He was fine yeah. as a running back. I, he just was unfortunately hurt all the time. And I think one thing, too, is that, you know, Joshua and Larry just, they're, they're, they're not the answer. And I think getting Isaiah Spiller someone who's a power back, great in open space, can make cuts in the open space, I remember this one play against Missouri. He, he cut back in and then was just one-on-one with the safety and absolutely tore his ankles. And a powerback shouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Spiller is not going to take the top off the defense. I feel like we're, that's not what he's here to do. And I feel like once we establish him as, like, also, again, running, like, two, two back sets maybe, you know, because Austin finally won't have to carry the entire load. And then that could also lead us to stretch the field out more. With Austin, because Austin obviously is great with the ball in his hands, like throwing the ball to him, great mm-hmm. receiving back, maybe one of the best in the league. Um, and I think if we have Austin or if we have Isaiah there, just like so, Austin isn't so like key, like the defense isn't just focusing on him because I feel yeah. like that was one of the issues was you know it was just Austin, there was no other threat. Um, and I think getting Isaiah Spiller was a great pickup. I think it was one of the better picks we had. And um, I think he's very dynamic, very explosive, and I'm very excited to watch him play.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I wasn't sure when they would take a running back, but that's the earliest run that I would have taken one, and I'm I'm happy with who they took, honestly. And after watching him, I get I love that you guys all have a a, a common thread that I, I kind of started noticing when they signed Gerald Everett. But you, know, you want more two tight end sets. You want you know Isaiah Spiller to get involved, and he will be. And you want Justin Herbert to run more. The Chargers. I, because I'm not, I'm rewatching the games to get a sense of what Keenan and Mike Williams did throughout the year and grading their plays and whatnot. And watching the just the offense in general struggle with some. In some instances, it felt like there just was a, a lacking physicality to the offense. Like not that Mike Williams isn't like you know can't be physical, or Austin Eckler can't be physical, but there's like a like a mean streak, a, a punch in the face that the Chargers just didn't really have. So you incorporate all those things that you guys talked about, and it really feels like. You, you, you want that for their offense. I think the Chargers do, too. I think the Chargers just want to be a more physical, mean, nasty team when mm-hmm. it counts to really close out those games and maybe punch back against someone like Baltimore, the Patriots, who really had their number.
3: Yeah, and adding Sailor, uh, Zion, mm-hmm. Gerald, and Isaiah was definitely one of those things where, like, and obviously Khalil. I, I can't believe I forgot that. But, you know, that's one of the biggest, like, punchbacks, as you said. You know, big, mean, nasty people up front and like off the edge and just like in the backfield especially because Isaiah is going to be a great compliment to Austin like you have very two like not very different running backs but two like mm-hmm. different styles I would say mm-hmm. and that are gonna like you're gonna have to watch that more yeah
1: absolutely all right I don't want to keep you guys here for like a full hour so I'll go to the next topic which is I kind of debate on the starters on defense and I didn't really have one particular you know duo in mind or you know one particular player in mind but there are some position battles up for grabs you know could be starting you know outside corner number two however you see it did one of you guys find a particular position battle on defense that you thought that was
2: most interesting to you uh not exactly i made a tier list of all the defenders oh. like it's <laughs> like, probably totally off but uh, i'll copy and paste it in the chat and then i can read off if you guys would like Okay. um hopefully that copy and paste well enough probably not sweet mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh pretty much i was talking about like thank god we have these players on the team like derwin james joey Bosa, the <laughs> Mack, max jc jackson like if we did not yeah. it's the defense isn't really gonna do anything mm-hmm. then i'm happy that we have uh, sebastian joseph day asante samuel in the like i said i'm a truther for the year mm-hmm. um and then we have some positions we can upgrade like Michael Davis, Austin Johnson, Drew Tranquil, and then for the last starters, we got our favorites, Kenneth Murray and Jerry Tillery. Um, I hope they're stays mainstays for this team. They're going to be great for us. So that's what I did But if for position battles, Bryce Callahan, Michael Davis, mm-hmm. like nickel snaps maybe?
1: Yeah, that's the one I'm not – that outside corner – I'm the only weirdo at this point who still thinks that Michael Davis is gonna start on the outside. Like I don't know why, I just I feel like Asante Samuel Jr. on the slot, Michael Davis on the outside, I feel like that's your best trio. They don't the Chargers don't feel that way so far. They have Asante Semba Jr. on the outside, Bryce Callahan at slot, Michael Davis is C B four. So um, do any of you guys think Michael Davis is going to be the starter on the outside? I do. I think so.
4: I don't yeah, I don't think so. I mean, like you said, I feel like the coaching staff is already showing like what they're going to do, Asante Samuel on the outside playing him, you know, already in uh, OTAs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think he's going to win that outside spot. And then I think – I don't know if you move Michael Davis inside because obviously Bryce Callahan's going to be there, but I don't know if Michael right. Davis could be the odd man out.
3: I do think Michael Davis not having to be the one is really going to help. And adding mm-hmm. J.C. and, like, Asante Samuel going into his second year, and adding Bryce Callen is really going to take a lot of pressure off of him. So I feel like that could really help him. Um, I'm not – I I honestly have I, – I couldn't give you an answer about who's going to start outside. <laughs> okay. I think it's really just going to be whoever, you know, just wins it in training camp. And um, I do think that um, up front I feel like it's pretty, you know, set in stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'm interested to see what Morgan Fox is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he's gonna replace, you know, like all of Tillery's snaps and uh, what that's gonna happen. Uh, I think Austin Johnson is a really underrated signing. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. he was, he was, if I'm not mistaken, very good in the run stop.
1: Yes, absolutely, uh, area.
3: Mm-hmm. and I feel like that's one of the reasons why we brought here is because, as we all know, the run defense was atrocious, and um, I feel like, you know, obviously the A list players are gonna take a lot of, you know. Uh, weight off the other players. But I think our linebackers, like Drew and K-9, kind of – I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. But obviously they have faith in them, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely see. Uh, Victor, who's winning defensive tackle, Morgan Fox or Jerry Tillery?
4: I mean, I I did not like what I saw from Tillery last season. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he has – I feel like he's almost playing the wrong position. I don't think we should put him at D-tackle. I feel like, I think they already tried it and it didn't really work out, but I feel like they should really try to focus this season. Just making him like outside D-end, because I feel like he has the build for that. Not really like a run stopper, but uh, yeah, if it was up to me, I'd put Morgan Fox over Jerry Tillery.
1: Okay. Interesting. All righty. Very, very interesting. We'll see what happens. I, I'll i believe Jerry Tillery is not the starter when I see it. I, I do see, I do still think it is him. Um, but we'll see. I'd love to be surprised. Okay, well, we'll we'll finish with something a little bit easier here. I think maybe it's the most challenging thing. That's a record prediction. So um, Austin, I'll start with you. What do you think the Chargers are going to do this year? And um, also, how have you guys handled the switch from 16 games to 17 games? Because when it comes to record predictions, I absolutely cannot remember that it should be like 9 and 8 or, or 6 and 11 or whatever.
3: No, it's so. I think it's so weird. Like, like (laughs) thinking about, I I wrote, I wrote down like 11 and five, 12 before I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I had to like look back and all that stuff, but I do think the chargers are going to have a couple you know, like moments, those games were just like, you should win. Just like last year, was like one of the Broncos games, the first Broncos game, Uh, the Vikings game. um, The last, (laughs) I I still think we should have been the Raiders, but um at the last one and then uh, obviously the texans biggest one yeah you know, those are four huge <laughs> losses and like um even the cowboys early in the season i still think we could have like won that game and mm-hmm. i think we're gonna have a couple of those moments but i think for the most part we're very much better where we are now than a year ago but so i'm gonna go 11 6 and 12 and 5 for this year
1: well, you gotta pick one i'm gonna hold okay the gun so if head. i had to
3: pick if i had to pick one 12 and 5 i think i'll give us the benefit of the doubt i like it i like it Victor. what about you
4: yeah so i feel like definitely our ceiling i feel like if like they ball out or whatever i honestly think it could be undefeated or like around 15 and two that's the ceiling but realistically like yeah austin was saying i don't i mean it's the chargers we've all been fans for a while and we know we have those games so i think uh I think 13 and four. So I'm going to go one more Ooh. win. Wow.
1: Australia. Okay. Very well, I think we do
4: well, but I definitely think we're going to have like a game or two where we're just like, why did we lose that? <laughs> <laughs> How? Yeah,
1: that's, 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 I can almost bet on that happening at some point. All right, Nate, are you going uh, 14 and three?
2: No, I'm going 17. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I'm going 11 and six. Uh, I don't want okay. my heart broken, so I'm I'm trying to be like realistic on the lower yeah. side of it. So I think we're gonna drop one against each divisional opponent. We're gonna split with all of them, and we're gonna lose against the 49ers. I just feel like they're gonna. Yeah. That's just a team that seems like a trap game. They're good, but they're not that good. Um, mm-hmm. The Rams, obviously. And Titans, the Colts, all of those teams are really mm-hmm. good, good run teams. And, you know, our run defense last year don't give you much hope this year, but hopefully with the improvement, it'll be a good test for us, especially down in December. And we're going to be like at the Titans. Like, that's, that doesn't sound like fun for anybody, but um, I have us going 11 and six, and we can still make the playoffs. I mean, that's mm-hmm. once you're in the playoffs, it doesn't really matter what your record is. So, but
1: that's really the thing. The Chargers make it, then who cares at that point? Like, just make it in you might have to play one more game but otherwise i think that just, that's just the most important thing this year and they need to they have to make the playoffs or someone's going to get fired all right so we have 11 and 6 12 and 5 13 and 4 one of you guys hopefully is right i like that the, the floor here is 11 and 6 i lied about that being the last thing though we do have one more thing and that's just to figure out which one of you is a better fan or more paying attention fan so a quick mini bit of chargers trivia here um, just asking that who was the, this or that for a particular year, try not to cheat, try not to Google this. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I trust you guys <laughs> to do the right thing. So who wants to go first? And if you, if you get I'll it go. wrong, who's going first, Nate? I'll go. Okay. So if you get it wrong, I'm going to remove you from the stream, but I'll add you back in at the end. This'll be like, uh, <laughs> around the horn. Okay. Right. So you get to go first. You get this, the easy one. Uh who is the 2020 passing leader for the Chargers?
2: Justin Herbert. Okay, that's easy. So you got oh. the easy one. We got to go first.
1: Good for you. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. Okay. <laughs> that's uh <laughs> almost catchy though. Um Austin, who is the 2020 rushing leader? Uh Eckler. Okay. Victor, who is the receiving leader?
4: Mike Williams. Right? Bye. Oh, damn, <laughs> so, damn. That's my guy right
2: there.
3: Scared me. I was like, was Melvin Gordon on that team or not? I, I answered for 2021,
2: but I realized we're just talking about yeah. 2020.
3: Yeah, I know. I, I didn't want to do it too soon, too.
1: Okay. Uh, Victor, I'll bring you back in. Victor, can you hear us while you're, you're sitting out? Can you even hear us? Yeah, I think you can not hear us. Okay, well, you're just hanging there for a bit. Okay, Nate, you're up next.
2: Who was the 2020 tackles leader? 2020 tackles leader was... Ooh, hold on, give me a second on this one. Um, it was <laughs> Kenneth Murray. Yeah, Kenneth Murray.
3: That is correct. Okay, uh, my keyboard's oh, loud. Right? Oh That's all God. I'm saying. My keyboard's loud. It wow, died. that was a good one. That's a good one. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> my instinct
1: would have been Draymond James for sure. That's
3: what. That what is going to be mine too.
1: Yeah. Okay, this is a bit more difficult. Um, right. Let's, let's move it. to 2019 for a little bit more fun. I feel like I might eliminate all you right. at the twenty twenty intercept. All right, so twenty nineteen. <laughs> who was the leading passer?
2: Rivers. Yeah, it's easy.
1: Nate, okay, who is the leading was leading like, rusher in twenty
2: nineteen? Twenty nineteen leading rusher was. I know it was really close between Eckler and Gordon. Um, I'm gonna go with Melvin, Melvin Gordon. That's correct. Okay, oh, Austin,
1: leading right. receiver in twenty nineteen.
3: Oh god. I feel like I'm making this way too much harder. Way harder than it is. Cause I almost said I almost said Tyrell for a second. Um was that the year that Keenan was hurt? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Um I'll go Keenan. You are correct. You're making that far too difficult for yourself. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, I was psyching myself out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, the next one, so if one of you gets the next one wrong, then the other person has to get it right to win. So here we go. Okay. Nate, who was the leading interceptions player for the Chargers
2: in 2019? In 2019? That was the year where Darwin was hurt and then we get picks that year i don't think so like we haven't had a good interception team in a while i'm gonna go with um okay year wasn't there was a rookie i'm gonna go with casey hayward
1: bye oh so austin has to get this one right he's got to get this one right here here we go all right who was their leading Um, tackler in 2019
3: Oh no! <laughs> that that was the year that Derwin was hurt. Um. Oh no. K nine was hurt, or he wasn't. He wasn't there. If I'm mistaken. Um. God. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm really tempted to go. Uh, I'm not gonna go Boza. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of pressure right here. There's I'm gonna go. go. Here. Um. Oh my god. Five. Four. Uh, let's go. Just Boza. Three, Why not? Nope. Oh nope. my goodness! <laughs> I gotta bring everybody back for this All one. Right. <laughs> so, I
4: know it. I know it.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll switch it up. Who was the leading interceptions leader in 2019? Somebody shout it. Anybody. Sean Jenkins, mm-hmm. Michael Davis. What's that name? Rayshon Jenkins. Yeah, Michael Nate Davis is right. It is Rashawn Jenkins. Um, oh, you're what? all, yes, 2019. the Leading interceptions guy oh, was Rashawn Jenkins with like three or something. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> woohoo! Oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: anyway, guys, thank you so much for jumping on and, and doing this. You guys came really prepared. I really appreciate all your answers. I learned something just listening to you guys. You guys are awesome at this. Uh, for those that are listening and those who are watching. None of the four of us have met before. And not, not even just me meeting them. I mean, like these three guys who got this together have not met before. So they handled this really, really well. I'm super impressed. Um, Victor, I'll start with you, man. What are you up to these days? What's your life goals? You know, <laughs> where can we find you on Twitter if you want to mention that?
4: Yeah. So um, right now I'm in college. I'm going um, to become a sophomore this upcoming year. I go to Seton Hall University i'm currently in uh like studying journalism broadcasting so all sports and stuff like that and uh yes that's that's the dream just uh do so i want to do something in sports you know what i mean and uh you can find me on twitter well my fan account is victor g thirty two twenty four. but my uh, professional account i guess you could call it is uh victor gonz g-o-n-z 24.
1: sounds good nate what are your life
2: goals man what are you up to these days What's your favorite color or whatever which is social security <laughs> number uh no, okay so i got my first job i've been working 30 40 hours a week amc theaters you know new meetings right being came out uh, a lot of kids are spilling their popcorns great but um, <laughs> i've been working there and then i'm going to my freshman year of chafee college for sports journalism i'm gonna focus on that and see where that takes me the dream is to be some sort of journalist or anything in football honestly like i'll be cool scouting anything I know that's a lot of time but um my favorite color is green thank you for asking <laughs> and uh, yeah I'm excited I'm very excited for this season yeah well the correct answer was blue and gold no I'm kidding
1: uh Austin man what's up with
3: you what are you doing what are you up to where can we find you on social media um I have my Twitter handle right there um but um I am gonna be a sophomore just going to a little community college here near Kansas City um And then hopefully the goal is to go to KU Uh, college basketball is my first love. So obviously KU, I live right next to it. It's, it's a, it's a match made in heaven for me. So um, my family always been huge into sports. I mean, my family works in sports, so I feel like Mm. I I love it more than anything. I would love to go. I'm going to go into sports journalism, broadcasting, uh, marketing, even I would love to work for like the Chargers social, I feel mm. like they're the best in the world. They are. So why would you not want to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, my favorite colors is blue or purple.
1: Very nice. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining me. People that are listening and watching, go follow them on social media. Go follow them on Twitter. Um, I don't know when I'll ever have you guys back on, but you guys did an awesome job and I would love to have you guys back on.